0: welcome to the self-helpful podcast i'm kevin miller and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body mind and soul here we are striving to motivate and instigate our own good health And then we have our kids and that effort can sometimes affect our effort. The cultural norm is just let the kids eat and what they want to eat is what the food industry pumps out to appeal to their taste buds, which I get as a kid, I was eating Lucky Charms and Captain Crunch for breakfast. And in my teenage years, I thought Cheerios and life cereal were health food. Inspiring kids to eat and live healthy is a massive level of effort. But then what is our goal? This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others like our kids. And that's what we're talking about today. What do we want for our kids? What responsibility do we take for their well-being? Are you hoping your kid is someday going to move out, get an education, land a job, start a business, make money, raise a family. How do we equip them for that? And their health and nutrition is a big part of that. And there are no easy answers in this show. I'll tell you, Dr. James and I discuss the challenges and consequences of fostering wellness in our kids. And my co-host is Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert. He's got three kids at home between 16 and 12. I've got five at home right now between 17 and 10 and please let me tell you it is a struggle so rest assured you're not going to hear us brag about our kids happily eating raw carrots and hummus for every meal but i have seen the battles i've lived through them i'm still in them with kids and spouses as well and sometimes it can completely sabotage your efforts at wellness which is a big point of this this is a pretty big show if you find value from this self-helpful podcast It'd be great if you would leave a review. We've gotten some great ones lately. Let people know what to expect here. And best thing you can do is talk about what you heard here today with someone else. Go deeper. Talk about it amongst your own life and what you have to deal with. You can always find and connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. matter of fact, the the, uh, website just went up. It's all all new and can show you more of what you're going to get here on the show. Next up, Dr. James and I talk about the struggles in parenting wellness with our kids. What a topic, parenting, uh, wellness, and we've talked about it so often in other shows. We've joked about it, we've lamented about it, but here we are uh, figuring. There's no kids listening to this. It's parents uh, or or people you know who are uh, leading uh, other kids. But we're going to focus mainly on parents and the very real issue of you trying to live your you know increase your health, live your healthy. Mostly looking at diet. Uh, and then you've got your kids to deal with. Some of you have spouses to deal with as well, but this is more on the the parental side. But just the very real issue here: you are uh, with, uh, you see, your older oldest kids, fourteen. Mine's well, I got the twenty five year old, but I've got the, you know kids at ages uh, those ages as well, and dealing with the appetites, like our past episode of the appetites. They want to eat what tastes good. You know, I'm. <clears throat> Also reminded
1: in that introduction that maybe you should write it down for us to come back to is um, parents of parents. So yesterday oh, okay. I, I I spoke with a person in their seventies and they're like, oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, one of my hopes is that you also are able to share this with your kids who are raising kids. So oh, you know from a, a parenting standpoint of. A position of influence where, you know, my father, your father, they're still very influential people in our lives, and uh, and those are going to be some of our listeners as well who yeah. are thinking about that, and they have influence, and maybe it's grandparenting right now. It's not like you're parenting your adult children,
0: but still, just the the truths and awareness of that. Well, I, I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were actually going to uh, those who are taking care of their parents now. Oh. Which we have more and more people going that <laughs> way. And, That's right. There's reverse parenting. Well, almost. and dealing with their health mm-hmm. as well, uh, seeing, seeing their ailing health, and then oftentimes the foods that are not helping them. I, I just thought about that because, uh, as you know, I've got a son who works at a, what do you call it, extended? Skilled nursing. Skilled facility. nursing. Taking care of older people. And he says, man, you know, here's these old... Uh, ailing people and look at what they're getting fed you know they never don't have a dessert Uh, gluten sugar food just the typical yeah well that's another direction. but you know coming back to yeah to our kids so here we are Cooking, uh, you know, great food in the evenings, serving it to our kids. Who, you know, and of course, ours don't know anything different, so we've got it easier than others. Who, if you're trying to make a dietary change, just the very real and present issue of that, and what, and, and the hard part about it, and that's the hard part about this discussion. Why I don't think it's addressed much. Why I don't really care to address it, and I don't often with people, is because it it ends up being a parenting issue, and now we're talking about just training discipline whatever you want to call it to get your kid to do something that they don't want to do this is very akin to getting them to clean their room do their chores do their homework whatever to get them to eat something that they would rather i mean they'd rather have boxed mac and cheese than brussels sprouts i mean
1: almost every kid we had the issue last night uh two of the issues that we have talked about in the last week on the last uh, or you and i talked about how much we were how grateful we are to enjoy good food and and we're a foodie meaning we're not so much gourmet and that kind of a thing but but good quality food and appreciating that and i thought about that the other night cuz we had taco night and and it was just fun and then last night we did something different and the 14 year old literally Turn his nose up at it. Put his plate back up in in the cabinet. Are you serious? Went without food. That boy needs a (laughs) spanking. And and literally, we had build it. You know, we we build a menu each week, and it's on the fridge because you know how many times do we get the question, "What's for dinner tonight?" And uh, it was nachos. (laughs) Only instead of chips, it was sweet potato fries. Really? And he's like, "It would have been great if it would been regular yellow fries." and we're just like oh come know. on that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them better actually I do
1: too.
0: wow okay well anyway, there yep. you go we and and we had uh what did we have last night we had i did tuna seared tuna which was incredible and everybody thought it was uh some kind of cauliflower that terry got it was some funky little flowerets, different thing but it tastes like cauliflower and in rice and you know rice is rice so it was it was pretty basic but yeah i mean let's start from the get-go and and, and to talk to parents I mean, heck, let's start with young parents. I don't know what you guys did, but, you know, thinking about if, I, if you're going to grow a taste for good, f- good food, well, let's start there. And then we'll also deal with those who are doing this now and they've got kids and they're changing the diet. So there's two different right. things. But man, if you want to start, of course, that's the, always the easiest thing. And with our kids, uh, we did not buy baby food. We made, made it, we made yeah. it. Yeah. So we cooked broccoli, let it get good and soft and mushed it up Uh, or we we bought a grinder we had all kinds of variations of grinder and so whatever we're having for dinner we'd i mean we're not feeding the kid you know meat or fish as as a youngster but veggies rice whatever we'd grind it up hang on a minute there i want to step in as your doctor
1: (laughs) as my okay (laughs) and say um you know we're we're talking about food and kids so breastfeeding
0: Oh well. Which, oh God. Sure.
1: Okay. But I, just to lead into that, where now okay. we're talking about the food of the mom, and this oh, this is gosh. just one big cycle, oh, yeah. right? And we could even go to the food of the dad during conception. And You're like, wait a minute, what? Yes, we. There are there are clear indications. So we're going way back now, and and I'm not going to talk too much about that. But just to say. The parents and what they're eating, as there's conception, as there's gestation, as mom is growing this child, not to mention all the other things that we talk about in terms of sleep and rest and exercise, has an impact. This is a good picture of of epigenetics, Mm -hmm. that now the mom's got a whole other genetic creature in there, and she's the environment. So two things. Some moms are going to think about that and think, oh my gosh, I killed my kid. It's my fault. And I'd say, well, you had an influence, but, but mostly to just be encouraged. And then secondly, it's breastfeeding. And when the, when the baby's young and we're still back to rhythms and sleep and all of those kind of things as the environment, and certainly breastfeeding is the most important thing, but it goes back to, well, how's the mom eating? And she oughtn't get, you know, the famous pickles and ice cream when I'm pregnant, and I deserve whatever I want because I'm miserable and all of that. Well, no, that's that's our culture again, t- with some weird appetite that drives the situation rather than truth and the right thing driving it. And okay, now real food. So, well,
0: well no, 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 that that's huge. I mean, I've got uh, you know seven biological kids. My youngest uh, right now is she's she's adopted. And she, her mom had the worst of the worst of the worst diet. Right, she came right. for, she was on a native American reservation, a uh, worst diet and drugs and alcohol to some degrees. We don't know. Now she doesn't seem to have any of the you know, like fetal alcohol syndrome or whatever, but man, her body type. I mean, she's eating the same as the other kids. If anything, we try to get her to eat less and she is thick. I mean, you've seen her. Yep. She has now, you know, could be just, that's how she would have been anyways, but we don't know. Of course we look at that. We used to joke about my Uh, oldest Caleb that you know he's 25 that when he was conceived I was a professional cyclist Uh, Terry was uh, just coming off being a professional performer dancer we were vegan and, and that dude has he, like he still hasn't gained any weight. 0% body fat. <laughs> yeah. Did we help him in, in that way? Of course, none of the kids uh, do much. But, uh, and we have talked about this on another show, so Terry was always incredibly dutiful on what she was eating, the environment, how she was stressing or not trying to stress, taking care of herself while she's growing this baby. Uh, but then my last ki- biological kid, I don't know why she had increased dairy some. I think she was thinking about protein and we don't eat a lot of meat. Um, maybe that's why she was doing it. Anyways, kids born. And as you know, splotchy skin to, to where it got. We've got pictures of him. He looked horrific. She got with you or we did and, and got with you. You said, well, let's first take away, you know, do it the, the elimination diet, taking away the main culprits, which are gluten, dairy, corn and soy. Took those away. Yeah. Boom. All, all his that. symptoms go yeah. away. And at the time, I just had this stupid, not stupid, ignorant thought of, well, whatever breast milk, it's going to, you know, it, it'll it's breast it. milk. Yeah, yeah it'll filter. Exactly. It'll filter it. Well, it didn't. And when we added stuff back and she put when she put dairy back, boom, he got it again. So rip dairy out. And he had a dairy sensitivity from a young age. Today, he's 10 and he can have a little bit here and there. It doesn't seem to affect him too much, but we just don't do it that much. But yeah, so right to what you said. Uh, was significant significant we didn 't and, realize and, and today, hopefully we can increase people 's awareness that
1: it matters and, and it, it, um, you know it 's not that God messed up when he made a cow and, and that so many people that dairy's a bad food or, or, or gluten even or anything like that, but the reality is that our culture for sure, the way we treat the cows and the way we treat the wheat is part of this, and we treat it badly yeah. And in in an effort to make it convenient and cheap, and we have, it's very convenient now, it's very cheap. And now we're back to maybe somebody listening out there who is pregnant or a young mom or whatever thinking, oh, you mean I have to give up dairy in order to maybe, I mean, at least be thoughtful and aware of it. And, And by the way, so Terry, remember, she had to eliminate for you know three four weeks to then that's the start of the baby's elimination so it's got to be all uh, the way out of her before it can get all the way out of him we did it as a family it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah um which is also we'll talk about it today it's the best way to do an eliminate it's the only fair yeah. way to do an elimination um, well, well, back to our, our
0: our you know transitioning from breast milk, which is well, but but don't leave that. I mean, because now we're talking about parenting, and I did think about the you know the kids and trying to get them to eat stuff. But as far as your kids' health, if if that's the focus here, then go to Bre- <laughs> So, Doctor James, I mean, because this is an age old question on. You know your views on breastfeeding. I know that uh, Terry, for the most part, she always looked at. I'm going to try to breastfeed for the first year. That was always kind of her goal. Uh, there was one kid, and there was some problems, whatever. And I think uh, didn't it didn't go it was six months or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in America, it's it's so there's, there's a whole lot of
1: tradition here. So there's a whole lot of not medical. Worldwide, the average age is two to three years. Well, no American woman is going to breastfeed for three years. That
0: uh, just, no. you going to be like a social it, outcast. That, that would be, well, right. Well, it just, we see people doing that. Well, yeah, like, some people do it, but it's very rare. If your kids walk in, it seems yeah. weird that they're breastfeeding. If they're asking for it so verbally. So
1: that's cultural is what you're saying. That, right? it, it's cultural. But if you're in the bush in Africa or whatever, that's the great source of nutrition. It's Why would you not? Yeah. You know, So so in America, and, and for patients, and I would also counsel women and say, you know, try to get to a year. It mean meaning, and in our family, and kind of you know, then my own experience comes in. Our kids all self weaned at eleven months on the dot. They're just done, hmm. push away. And you can watch around four to six months; they start to get interested at in what's going on at the table. What is it, you know? And they've got taste and and so on. On that, I would say, it, you know, if if women are struggling or, or haven't, we'd say, you know, really try to get to six months. There's there's kind of a marker there, and any is better than none. So try what you can. A lot of women are struggling with, you know, they, they just can't do it or they dry up or something like that. Well,
0: and even, even for, the, for those that don't know, because some don't, I mean, even for the woman's health in recovering from pregnancy and whatever, nursing has a benefit. Well, yes,
1: I would say there's many, many benefits that are nuanced in there, just relationally and in terms of the the kids' health, for sure. Mom's health as well, too, and is it part of the transition of the way the body is transitioning from pregnant to now breastfeeding to then getting back to, quote-unquote, normal uh, postpartum depression as an issue. Uh, To me, I think the real, the biggest issue there is the pressure to get back to work. that's that's the main thing that's really well in which granted my wife never had and mine wasn't either so you and i were blessed and and the pressure wasn't there so but for other families that pressure and that's where i'd say okay dad you know step up a little bit there mom can pump a little bit extra and save it for the night he needs to be at least half the night guys um and there again i don't know about you guys but i didn't you know, Martha It's just, she didn't pump at all and I can't breastfeed. So I yeah. didn't get disturbed during the night and, and our kids, you know, and the, and that's another part of the parenting thing is I think for the first four months, three to four months, the kid establishes the rhythm starting around three or four months. I think mom can be mom. You establish the rhythm and maybe there 's you know no we 're not going to feed twice during the night we 're just going to do it once, and you impose that and, and now we 're bit parent yeah.
0: literally parenting we were uh, we were pretty quick with all the kids to get them on a schedule to where they 're sleeping through the night yeah that was that was best for us, so we probably did that quicker than other people and, did and, and and of course now we have. You know, a thousand opinions from a thousand people. Yeah, so, your parent, the attachment parenting, whatever. We did not do attachment parenting because it was not best for mom and dad. And, uh, right. So we'll leave that kind uh, of discussion so that, and come over here back to the so food. So the benefits of nursing. When did you introduce food? So
1: that's, that's you know, I, I, we, a lot of people say the sooner the better and start with grains and the cereals and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, well, wait a minute. Um, I, I, we, we, we didn't, we let the kid introduce so that's where we, if the kid's not interested, then don't tempt them. And for oh, right, heaven's right. sakes, don't start with ice cream. You
0: know, that's. <laughs> it is true. We, we kind of noticed that, hey, the kid's just watching you put the fork in right. your mouth. Fork really? Exactly. Yes. We, we, my memory is we started with like a uh, banana, avocado. And that's where like. I'd say, don't do that. Oh, really? Great. <laughs> Wrecked that's my the, kids already. Kid. And I do want to say this. I mean, there, this is a, we probably should, maybe I'll say this in the intro of the show. This is a sensitive topic because there's so much room for guilt. Or well, shame that's what I'm saying. Or? Like
1: the way the mom behaved during gestation, or something like that. Yeah. That no, you well, no, didn't. you just shamed me. So I, I gave my kid banana, and I wasn't. <laughs> that was bad. That's uh, that, that's why he had the food allergy, not because. Probably. Probably.
0: Okay, great.
1: Um, well, the, the uh, and the idea there is to not start with something sweet. Mm. Right, because sweet okay.
0: is going to just. I think the later kids avocado was the main. Yeah,
1: one. yeah, yeah. Something savory and sort of vegetable. But you said and, you, you mentioned grains. My, that man. well, traditionally that is oh, the intro. Because I think is, we did veggies was kind of the main thing. Yes, yeah, and that's what we did too. Oh. Is start with veggies. And the one thing that you said that I wanted to say, you don't have to do is is make it soft. Right. So if kids are starting to be interested in the table, here's the main number one rule the bait you, you transition from breast milk to the table you don't go to baby food that 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 is wrong and and I, we can give all kinds of reasons for that um well so what do you mean so what give him a stalk of broccoli or yes well and they just chew have on it have you ever had a 1-year-old kid with no teeth bite you it, oh, it's can, not, yeah, they, it does, they, they don't bite surprises. you with, yeah. <laughs> it's, mm. the, you know, they could probably handle steak, you know. I'm not suggesting steak, <laughs> because, <laughs> but certainly chicken, fish, they, they could handle that from a bite. Huh. You don't have to
0: puree it. Oh, God. That's my point. Man, I I got a workout with the little hand grinders. <laughs> yeah, we, we did took, that We'd too. take it out to eat with us. But we did. Whatever we were eating, that is what we would give the kid. And obviously, not spicy food if it was something that we were indulging on. Why not? On. I bet if you're a little Indonesian baby, you got you some probably really got some spicy yeah. food. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did, we
1: did bland <laughs> foods. but yeah, That's but, what but, Americans do. Grains and then fruit. And what do we grow uh, into in our culture? Yeah, well, Grains and sweet. That's true. And, and so... Again, so much of this is cultural. Like you do what your grandma tells you to do.
0: Well, but I like the idea. Again, we're talking about the ease of of you know kids and vegetables. My kids. That was broccoli was one of the first tastes that they had. So we grew that taste in them from day one. And I've never had a kid who doesn't eat vegetables. I, I, I will give you that. And we also know broccoli is
1: bitter compared to carrots. Carrots are sweet. So the oh. Uh, and it is true and kids do have different tastes and there is some physiology to kids they need to fatten up they're more inclined to the sweet and all of those kind of things that that is also true we so my oldest in fact at the dinner table we were talking about it when he was you know picky about something i was like ah, when you were two you were perfect what mm-hmm. happened <laughs> you know, because because we did that too, and he ate everything and anything and whatever else. And along the way, you know, they become. Well, I, I want to take the.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll claim some uh, some understanding of. Or dispelling, I should say, of well, this kid's this way, this kid's this way. We had seven biological kids, so seven kids from birth. Right, every one of them ate and eats their vegetables. Period. They, right, different get. We have different genders. We have different personality <laughs> styles. We have different taste buds, and we do today. And we'll you know get up to this, but I've got some kids today who, man, Brussels sprouts rock on, and others, oh, really? And uh, I've got. Uh, what's the other one? Asparagus, and I've got some. Where I'm like, oh, really? It, oh yeah, you, you take your no thank you portion, so they eat one piece of asparagus, and others who pile it on. So th- there are different tastes, but overall, I mean, they eat them. They eat whatever vegetables, and and so much easier to start from day one. So that is just a call out for, of course, aside from the health. But uh, I would I would agree, and and we did that too, and
1: had. It, it's 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 a little bit mind-boggling because in contrast to you, you know, we've talked about this before. That I, I I just I look at the older one who ate every vegetable, and and my middle one will eat them all, and then the last one just would look me in the eye as as one two year old and just no, it's not going in. And so then, you know, so I've I've had the other side of it where you you know the parent doesn't you don't get to train this and you know well don't eat well yeah that's exactly what we did well don't eat for a day a two three we didn't do that and i don't know right and maybe somebody doesn't do that i
0: well so to, to that so you know again so we started the kids off but then later on gosh yeah my last one was our pickiest eater he would cry at the table if he you know if you looked at him wrong um, much less you know what you gave him, but we did do that. Now, now we are going to get into parenting styles and people who you know what you agree with. I don't. So you're going to have to choose your own. You know, choose what you think. I do have kids who eat everything, um, and they, and they they always have. But we did do that. We did the hey, if you don't eat that. Gosh, we did different variations, but we did the, you know, if you don't eat it, um, fine, yeah. you can choose not to eat. But and you'll then get it for breakfast. You're going to get it for breakfast. We did that some, and we did a lot of, uh, with the kids who were more difficult, Of we put the veggies on the plate. You know, so here's your broccoli, before putting anything else. So you don't get the chance to eat your whatever, sweet potato fries or rice right. or, you know, fish or whatever. Yeah. Put that food? on there. If you turn your nose up at it, then next time you're hungry, that's what you get. And some people are going to hear that and feel like that is just cruel hitler i i don 't know what to tell you, so i 've got kids who who all eat' them. It, it It worked and that may sound arrogant, but it 's just the facts it it just worked um,
1: for for you guys and and i I would lean towards that direction, and our last one it didn 't and we did the same thing, many variations of uh, but
0: were you also maybe more sensitive to him? Because like my oldest, who grew up in the hospital for the first, you know, there are things that we didn't do as strongly with him as we well, did the others. You he, had one that he's has severe. got an issue now. Well, but did he? How early did he uh, have the you know well, like the, the, nut, food, allergy yeah, the nut allergy? Yeah,
1: uh, the nut allergy. Well, okay, that's that's fair. Because so were you more? Were you yeah. more, la- more t- uh, part of the, part of the problem? Was we didn't have other alternatives? Yeah. That. We could lean on on all these other things, and, and well, so, so divulge that. So, so he Sagan, had Sagan had, he nut allergy, had allergy, yeah. coconut allergy, so like literal anaphylactic
0: nut, peanut, yeah. yeah, and pretty significant reactions to all the other nuts. So, look at health, especially if you're eating a whole foods, healthy diet. How much stuff has nuts in it? Yeah, it's it's well, kind of like if you're eating, and a, then if you add coconut, like in this whole
1: keto emphasis. Oh my gosh, yeah, we're gonna we eat low carb. It's we coconut do coconut area.
0: oil, we do coconut milk, we yeah. do yeah.
1: So that, that made it really yeah. a struggle. Um, and it, so, so everybody's going to have their various stories about why it's a struggle. And, and still, and even last night where uh, we had tears, it was a no-dessert night. So on a no-dessert night, he just kind of chooses not to eat things very much either. So then, you know, so then I took his plate, and I'm finishing it up because it was our sweet potato nachos with a whole bunch of greens. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? I think we might have dessert. And he exploded because I just ate his (laughs) greens that he... That'll learn him. (laughs) And we didn't. But, you know, he's 10 and still, you know, crying with... He will eat his vegetables based on what's for dessert still.
0: And this uh, this is where, you know, our initial thought, I don't know what we'll name the show, was parenting, you know, health in our kids because it is. And there are parenting styles. So you're going to hear me. So from a parenting style, I don't know what I would be called. I was... I was much more stern, disciplined, training... I'd, I'd call it structured. You guys than our, are structured. Than, our, than most people, even back then. Today, we have grown less and less to that. There is far less how do I say this politically correct training of kids Is it take away discipline? Cause that sounds bad to everybody, but even training, we were very big on training our train kids when they're young, train when they're young. Yeah. And, and, and so food was, we did other, you know, uh, food was just another piece of that. But yeah, that if you are the type of parent who does not want to cause, you don't believe that they should ever cry. You don't want to, you know, infringe on their will or, or whatever. I did not, partake of that perspective and so i had no problem in saying well look this is what you're going to eat if not you go hungry and deal with the relational conflict of that and the child's displeasure and whatever so we're into again it's parenting so you're gonna have to decide
1: philosophy it's 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 yeah yeah and that's where we want to be sensitive to people's philosophies out there yeah um and i would say but you know it's got to be philosophy also in reality and reality is nearly every human on the face of the planet if you put a bowl of broccoli or a bowl of ice cream in front of a child who's won and let them explore.
0: If the kid gets to choose, if there's, they're going to choose, if they have, they choose, yeah, if they have constant access to, uh, goldfish or whatever. Um, I, it, you know, I had, a, I had a kid, our youngest one again adopted and when uh she came to us she was 3 i think she was uh, significantly neglected and what she was left with she was left by herself as a as a 2 oh, and 3 wow. year old left by herself with a full uh bottle of ch- a chocolate, chocolate milk, milk and and a, and a yeah and a sleeve of saltine's crackers she always had that and so coming out of that uh she's about to turn 8 well, it influenced, it would probably influence her diet and, and her taste buds forever. Now she developed out of that kind of a, I'm going to call it an eating disorder to where she'll just, she just wants to eat a lot of anything so we can put broccoli there and she'll eat it until she's sick. Um, so that's a different issue, yeah. but still, you know, what did that do that constant access? And I see kids these days and it's food is the, the comfort thing to get them to quit crying. It's a reward. It's, uh, what yeah. am I thinking of? What are the little sur- sur- Cheerios? You know, something yeah, like that. Cheerios. The Cheerios. So we're th- look what we're doing. Grains, grains, grains. That's the go-to to, to shut a kid up, to pacify a kid. Grains, grains, grains. And then we want them to eat uh, broccoli. And any kid with a brain is going to inherently go, screw well, that. I'll pass that. Because if I an- cry, I will get. Them. I'm going to get Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. So again, we're into, this is, this is no different than training a, a dog, a little kid, training ourselves. I was, well, I was going to say athletics. If you want to,
1: you know, if you're going to play golf and you have really bad form, well, keep hitting the golf ball
0: with really bad form. Yeah. And you stay there. Well, and even the food. I mean, what's our? We talk about what's you know what's my superpower? Uh, this goes back to I, I I talk about him on every other show. Benjamin Hardy in his book, willpower doesn't work. I don't exert my willpower to not eat the bowl of M and M's or the bag of chips at my house when everybody's watching a show at nine o'clock uh, in in the evening. I exert my willpower early in the day by not buying that stuff when I'm in a good frame of mind. And at night, it's not there. So the best I can do, and we I do this at the time. Oh my gosh, don't we have anything good? Even I'm in this yeah. uh don't we have to I, I go in and i pull out almonds uh, well you know that's <laughs> or hopefully i do stash somewhere i have some really high quality dark chocolate that i can at least do right but, that's what you and i have done where
1: and again now our teenage kids have figured that out
0: uh, yeah, they, they have <laughs> you know what i find out i find myself doing is looking for the saltiest nuts possible and i You know, lick my finger. I mean, I'll (laughs) oversalt myself. I'm going to burn my tongue with salt, looking for because you want the fix. You know, (laughs) point being though that I'm no better than that kid. So here you got a kid willpower. Yeah, you had a kid who has no desire to be healthy, willpower, uh, and and no desire for it. And you're trying to do that, so you're it's training at the height. Well, going back to the parenting style. So if you're not one to draw a hard line with a kid. I don't know. You, to some degree, you've got a harder battle to how are you going to get your kid. How are you going to convince your kid? You're not going to convince your kid. You're not going to get your kid to go, you know what, mom? As a three-year-old or right. a six-year-old. Or or a nine or, or a maybe 13, even a 15-year-old. To go, you know what, I've decided I want to be healthy and I want to eat healthy. And now I want to eat something that may not taste as as starkly sugary or salty or whatever as that junk food. I mean, that's. Well, and, and here's the other thing, too, you know, and we've talked about
1: this. In other shows, when it comes to food, every one of those parents that doesn't draw a hard line on the food, they, I've never seen a parent let their three-year-old walk around naked at school. They draw a hard line and say, you cannot go to school in your underwear or naked. Even if the kid wants to, they say no, and they put some clothes on. And I've never. Were you seen... the one talking
0: about the kid that pooped his pants? Yeah. As, as an yeah. older kid, his parents yeah. let him. He yeah, came he to your was house. Elementary
1: he... came to our house, second grade or whatever, and he just didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom. He let his mom wipe his bottom or whatever else, and so he was pooping his pants. And I was playing Battleship, and my mom lit into him, sent him home. Like I will not put up with this smell in my house, and just send him home. And shame on you. And I re- I just remember
0: that like wow, mom, you're such a you know. Well, you can exaggerate it. You can know, You're let your four-year-old see somebody smoking and say, hey, I want a cigarette. I mean, Or cigarette or watch no. a porno. Or, or, I, they, or, you, or we hit, draw hard lines. Or hit a kid. Hit a, hit hit another hit kid. hit another kid. Or bite or something like that. That's right. I mean, he'll get kicked out of school. I mean, there's got to be or a hard line. Or let your
1: 16-year-old experiment with driving on the left-hand side of the road just because they want to. Yeah. I mean, we, we draw hard lines all the time. It's just, where are you going to draw them? And yeah. we don't in our culture when it comes to sugar, salt, fat. Because it's culturally it's accept- culturally acceptable, or caffeine, in a Colorado, or marijuana, and you know now we got all these cultural gray areas, and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, great. We need gray because that's philosophy and nuance, and how do you do it, and how do I do it? But we both wear clothes. We don't have the point of well, how do you be naked in public? And and, and, and you know it starts to get ridiculous. We don't talk yes. about that, but then when you talk about it. And I've, I've, you know, so many times in the context of church or, or in the context of a social organization and you come along and say, um, like, if a school system says we're peanut free or we're whatever, the, the, the imposition mm-hmm. on some parents out there to say, what, I, peanut butter and jelly? I can't send my kids to school peanut butter. That, that's un-American. That's not right. That's not whatever. And, and, and anyway. That philosophy, and as people are hearing it right now, it's it's starting to bite. It's starting to push in, and you and I are saying, on, and that's why I'd say, okay, well, medically speaking, I don't really care what a parent thinks. The child doesn't need
0: Cheerios; he needs
1: these other things.
0: Well, and there that's, there it is. I mean, we're talking about what level of responsibility do we accept as a parent to shepherd, to lead the health of? Our kids, what are we going to allow? Are we going to allow them to be on screens indefinitely as much as they want and be on the screen as a four-year-old watching risque videos of scantily clad whatever? I, you know, how far are we going to go? Where do we take responsibility for the health of our child in all facets? I mean, this is functional medicine, you know, for what they put in their ears, their eyes, their mouth, uh, you know, physical exercise, yada, yada. One of the things I, I wrote my
1: note down to get back to um, – Because this, I think this will bring the point home, and I learned this through dentists. So, in fact, we could go to um, our own children, and we just talked about how we pureed food. Well, here's what often happens, and I think all of your kids went through this, is you go from breast milk, and many kids don't get the opportunity of a year of breastfeeding, and so breast eating requires a very strong suction. So these kids suck hard, right? And women get breast tenderness and all that kind of stuff and they have to get used to it. And that motion is constant pushing out on that upper palate. And if they don't get that, then that palate tends to be a higher arch and thinner. And then most of our kids, including yours and mine, because we didn't know this back then, go from breast milk to a pureed food. They don't have to chew, Uh, and when they do chew, they don't, because you even just laughed at it, they don't gnaw on some broccoli. What do they gnaw on? Well, they gum some crackers and some Cheerios and some applesauce and all of those 8 million baby food packets that we bought, and they suck on that, and now it requires a tenth of the amount of suction pressure, so no more pressure on that upper palate and what i 'm leading to is is the the need for braces that ninety percent of people by the time they 're getting their teens are getting their wisdom teeth out because quote unquote there's not enough room yeah well that just that just doesn 't make sense like why would we have in in a short time so this is this is micro-evolution. over the short decades have evo- evolved into a group of people that don't have
0: space for wisdom teeth well so i have seven biological kids and the seventh one just went into braces so every one of them so they did get the suction uh formation uh they did not we pure no i i mashed right and and,
1: and that's how we were taught and for two
0: three years even right? i've never heard this till now thanks for not being (laughs) here early
1: So and that's one of the things that you know we've talked about from a business perspective that we need new primary care that is talking to parents, not about you know this, yeah, sure, go see your doctor, get your shots and a growth chart and whatever else, but where's this kind of a talk uh, on on training young moms because they come in hungry for information because they don 't live with their grandparents anymore,
0: and even if they did, the grandparents Grew up with baby food. Well, and again, we got to, we got to, when we're talking about training stuff, we are in a culture that does not train parenthood. Right. We just get pregnant and have a kid. That's right. it. Right. And go with the flow and. you Do what you see, do what you knew from your own upbringing, figure it out. Maybe somebody, you know, I don't know how many people these days get a book. You know, this is like back in the day, it was the Dr. Spock book. You know, we went through, we had some significant uh, training and and resources that massively shaped our parenting. And I just thank God, a, a period, that we were exposed to some of these methodologies. But, you know, one thing on this, I mean, because it can sound like uh, you do this as a good parent. We're talking about responsibility. I mean, there's also a payoff for us. And this is not totally fair, and it's going to feel a little bit exaggerated, but go with the analogy. I, I, I'll never forget being with another couple when our kids were little, they had little kids and we were over at their house and I whip out for lunch, uh, uh being pureed probably, but uh, carrots and broccoli, and we used to have these colorful, you know, little Tupperware things of our colorful veggies for the kid. Maybe we had rice or something like that. I don't know. Pull it out, and the and the other mom saying, "Ah, oh, I wish I was as disciplined with you guys to do that stuff." As she feeds her kids, you know, Cheerios and back then just the worst processed, you know, baby lunchables, food. and the kid is crying, snotty nose, all this stuff, and that's where it first hit me of. How much of this that I'm doing for my kid makes my kid happier, healthier, less sick. Not that they didn't ever get sick, but in general, that serves me. I don't want that screaming, crying, snotty nosed kid. What can I do to help my kids health and wellness so that they're an easier kid for me to raise? I mean, this is this was selfish. There's a (laughs) lot of the parenting that I did that was for the kids health, but it was also selfish because I realized what's best for the kid that I like them. Now we all say I love my kid. By right, we have to love them. Well, I know they, a lot of parents like them, right? Who enjoy them. I don't enjoy or like the kid. It's a pain in the butt, uh, and I didn't want that. I want me to love that kid. So to have that kid, you know, with some training, with some obedience, with some with health. I don't want a sick kid. Sick kids suck. It's it's a hard night if you've got that right. No. I,
1: I, the sleep issue. If if you've got uh, one that's, that's crawling another. into bed with you for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people joke, well, they're not going to go to high school crawling into bed with me or whatever. But again, at some point you have to draw a hard line and that hard, whether you draw it at, you know, two or 10, uh, it, it goes back to it. And I, I would take issue with what you said because that's not selfish. That's good. Selfish is bad. You're right. You're right. That, I was, that is but appropriate self care. Okay. You are doing it because you also need your okay, sleep per, in order to be a you're good right. dad, parental husband.
0: Parental self care. You know what would be interesting because you hear all this and I can talk about the kids just on parenting. I had somebody, it was actually in regards to my other podcast, The Ziggler Show, say, uh, would I have my some of my older kids on a show? to mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. their views... <laughs> Getting raised under you. On, yeah, on parenting, because you know now I've got... Seven, the youngest kid is, is 10. I mean, they can speak to what did they think about... I mean, the oldest is... I've got kids in the 20s now, uh, and they can speak to what they feel about that. Now, it's, again, it's not totally fair because it's all they know, but they now have witnessed other kids, other parents, whatever, and what did they think about those tactics? Cause yeah, like sleep, man. We were sleep Nazis for their good health and for our sanity yeah. as well. Well, um, and it's...
1: Even you saying that, you're almost kind of saying, well, like, you know, shame on me that I was such a weak and selfish person that I need my sleep. And so, therefore, I cramped my, down on my kid. And I'm like, no, I appreciate you as a neighbor because now you're a better neighbor. And let me go back to the roads. If you didn't clamp down on your kids to drive on the right-hand side of the road and stop at red lights, then I'm mad at you. True. You okay. are endangering me and everybody else. Yeah. Drunk driving, all this other kind of stuff. The society, well, heck. Coronavirus. We have now proven that the government can come along and say, hey, folks, uh, gosh, you know, if it's not too much trouble, wear a mask and wash your hands. And now we got a few hundred million people wearing a mask and washing hands. But if, we, if, if the government comes along and says, hey, folks, we know this to be true, and it's going to help all of us, could you eat five vegetables a day? Yeah. Well, the whole society has a collective... <laughs> No, <laughs> <Screw you. laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna eat what I
0: darn well please, and I want Medicare, and you Medicaid pay, to pay for it. it. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Well, and we're all paying for it, even if it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. The reason your premium is so high, yeah, and we hide it
1: behind the whatever. And now, you know, our I start to get vociferous about that because it it does. It all goes back to family structure and how are we raising
0: ourselves? Well, anarchists, our talk some because you've had. You do have kids who come in as patients from, mm-hmm. well, you've had two year olds come in as full paying patients, but I'm thinking more of, uh, I, I know for a while, I, I remember there's a handful of, like teenage girls coming in with mostly, I'm going to say, uh, kind of mental health. Yeah, well, issues. along the
1: lines of ADD, ADHD, can't sleep, stressed
0: out, anxiety. And severe bodily stuff like uh, pooping uh, once a, a week yeah. and female problems and whatever. Yeah. And not to, you know, not to pin it just on this, but just to go back to food. I I just remember you telling, telling me stories during our lunch about, gosh, I had this, you know, patient teenage girl and addressing the food. It's not the only thing, but as a primary thing to correct their health and here they are at age 15 and this is what they had eaten. Man, you see a lot of teenage girls are trying to stay thin and so they're living off of, you know, two slices of white bread a day or well, yeah. The, the hardest, so I've often
1: said this, the hardest patient for me to work with is a female that's 14 to 17. Because by definition, they think they know, know more than me. Mm. And they do when it comes to school and social media and whatever. And they know what's important to them, and I don't. That's true. And, and they're so, they probably feel the, social pressure more than anyone. Yeah, well, I was going to say oh. the social coin is the highest coin of the realm. Social uh, the, how I look to myself and to my friends and how I perceive myself through social media or even just social, my friends at school or whatever else, is the highest prioritization in most kids. Even if they would say, oh, yeah, uh, it's, I, I like my family and this is important in sports or whatever, their faith maybe, they're still going to be so highly influenced by that. And I will lay out for them common sense plan and I've had a sixteen year old girl just say, Nope, not gonna do it. I would rather have migraines and be debilitated at home two or three days out of the month than to do that. I I, I won't. Yeah. And at the same time, mom and dad won't step in and say, Hey, we'll do it with you. They'll yeah. say, Wow, that's really hard for you to do. Good luck with that. I'll try to help, but you know, I gotta feed these other kids and go to work and yeah. yada yada. So that idea of the family stepping in but if that kid had cancer you better believe that dad would take a month off work and they'd be you know True. right there doing chemo with the kid and just commiserating and, and whatever. she may
0: very well be growing cancer
1: or well, opening she is the, opening by the definition door. and you know or at least increasing the chances like like opening the door and 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 again you draw a hard line here or there i'm not asking the kid to you know fast for a month it's just
0: and, this, and we're also this. so we just hit also the hardest thing. So if you've got a kid or, you know, somebody has a kid uh, who has not been trained in a healthy diet and healthy mm-hmm. eating. And now you're, you know, your family's turned around, which you see this every day with patients who, oh, my gosh, I want to turn my life around, turn my family around. I and mean, that is the hardest place to come in because I let's hit on the social pressure. So uh, and I'll tell you, here's the you know, we, we've homeschooled some, but we've had kids in public school, private school, whatever. So I've got older kids who went through private. Uh, school, you know, that, that's private. Doesn't matter. They went to school, so they went to the cafeteria with the other kids. My kids never had the, you know, the provided lunch, whatever. They always took it with it, and my little kids would pop open their thing, and there's broccoli and you know, tuna steak and uh whatever and they would say yeah you know Johnny has cupcakes and hot pockets and stuff every day and they know and if anything sometimes they're proud and i have to you know caution them on that uh they're not you know they have water they have not don't have fruit juice milk whatever and they're perfect then they get to Middle school. Let's go mm-hmm. to our middle school. So we both had middle school boy, or boys in middle school, and those exact same kids who did that are now going and going, dude. We, I get it, but I am not opening up uh, Tupperware. I'm not bringing a Tupperware for one. I'm not bringing Tupperware. That's stupid, Dad. The boys. Right. I'm not going to bring Tupperware, and I'm not going to bring it with Brussels sprouts. And they would choose to go and just not eat, as opposed to be that weird. And I have kids who are confident, um, who 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 know it, but. It's back to social pressure. Yep, they they're still they're finding their place. They want to be cool, yeah. and so it's easier my easier to not eat. Yeah, and I think your boys did the same thing. Uh, they would just try to take a granola bar or something like that. So they just have, or just nothing, and then they would come home and pig out starving, on yeah. whatever broccoli tuna whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: well, so I get in, it. in my I get house. The it pre- was pig out on you know, apple, orange, and a bar. And I'm like, you, you, no, yeah, you, you you can't not eat here and then try to eat this stuff over there. So, so, and it is so interesting because he's 14. And so nearly every day, certainly several times a week, there is a conversation now about, there is a rule. There is a hard line right here. And I, I have the same conversation. You know, you draw a hard line with yourself. You don't ever go to school wearing what they call church shoes. Right? You and I'm and I'm not gonna draw a hard line there. You can wear whatever nearly clothes you want. Yeah. And so what do they wear? Sweats. Every day, day in and day out. <laughs> yeah. And for you and me it was jeans. And and my mom didn't make me wear what I called, you know, church shoes or clacky shoes except on picture day and that was horrific. So so those lines get drawn and then here, you know, he wants to have free access to his phone twenty four seven. I said no. And then he wants to take uh, he wants to go and he'll slip a bar in his pocket in the morning and I was like no <laughs> you, you, here's lunch and, and so we as a parent and I said that's where I draw a line if you don't like it you can always choose to fast or and then when you get home you can have a piece of fruit and you know here's the snack area but you can't have you can't just make your lunch at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and he would even fast and then go to sports I'm like, that's fine, but when you get home, dinner's at you know six or seven, you gotta wait another hour. <laughs> and it, that's right. So here we are, and trying to teach a 14 year old who who thinks he knows more than me, and I and I give him credit, I say, you do, you know much more about your own appetites than I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what your appetites are.
0: Here's the rules for this. You're like the Air. worst dad to have. <laughs> you're, you're saving people's lives with their diet and, and then coming home. Well, so here's a hope, though. I do have kids in their 20s who... Are now, uh, more militant than I am. I have two girls yeah. who are both vegan. They, they f- get frustrated they with shame me. you. They do. They do. <laughs> they come home. And last night I had one come in and I said, Hey, hon, I made fish for you. And she scowled at me, you know, in, in, in good humor. But yes, they're, they're vegan. They believe for the planet, for health, for whatever. Um, they're leading that. And now that's helping influence my, my teen boys. Cause they look up to the older kids. And so they're seeing that, but still, man, when they go to, if they're, if they're going to go to a school cafeteria, they are not going to come in with uh you know, they may take a, I, I've gotten them take a brown bag, you know, but even there, they just want something that's not, doesn't draw attention to themselves. To and, say and that what they perceive as a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. And the way All their I, friends are eating well, I was say, school pizza
1: and with these teenage girls or teenage boys, Eating broccoli or vegan or whatever, any any kind of different food is not cool. But you talk to that freshman sophomore at Berkeley or whatever, and you better believe oh, they've got an opinion it's about one hundred eighty <laughs> degree, yeah, one hundred eighty degree change. You're and looked that's down on you, if you don't have if, a, if you a don't view. have an opinion on. You're not intelligent, you.
0: yeah. If you don't have some view on food, what it does with the environment, how it's affecting the culture, and that, yeah, that and that's
1: where you know a plug for Mark Hyman and Food Fix that goodness that's
0: we should do a show on that we should you saying that though yeah i've got both girls are going to colorado colleges i mean that's the height of you better be environmental you better have views on this and that and stuff that's great that's a
1: and we want them to get by us yeah. during these years yes. versus being influenced by whatever's going to happen at
0: college. You say influence. We, we, you and I talk a lot about exposed. We mm-hmm. cannot fix our kids. The, you know how we think we, we cannot do that, but we can expose them to X, Y, Z. So mm-hmm. when, when they do get on their own, when they do get out and the peer pressure changes as it does mm-hmm. when you leave high school and middle school, whatever, that they have, they have been awareness. exposed. Yeah, they, they do. And now they can make their choice and they may make a different choice. Um, they will. Yeah. By, I mean, just by definition,
1: they are not you. Yeah. And, and on one hand, I'm thinking, well, thank goodness. And on the other hand, I'm, I, I, I'm a parent, so I would get, I want them to think and go a certain way. I don't want them to be a mass murderer. So everybody has that. Like somebody would look at me and say, well, you're too strict or too, you want them to be just like you. And I'd say, well, you do the same of your kids. Because yeah. you don't want them to go out and be a unkind, selfish murderous, yeah. whatever, driving on the left-hand side of the road. And yeah. you want them to be law-abiding, good citizens, uh, whatever. And, and so we all have hard lines. It's just philosophically, where are you going to draw them and why? And how are you going to teach, train, influence your kids into what you and I would say is we want them to. I want them to be able to think for themselves. And if they choose differently from me, the one thing that I am going to press them on is why? You'd better be able to tell me why. And if you say, well, because my friends do it, which is exactly what 14-, 15-, 16-year-olds say, I'm going to say, okay, I get it, but in this house, we're going to do it this way. Now, when you go out for lunch and all that, I'm giving you some freedom. Not freedom to drive on the left-hand side of the road. Not freedom to go hit somebody or bite somebody or whatever. But if you're going to choose a bag of Doritos, all right.
0: When we talk about grow, you, just maybe think of too. When we talk about growing taste, we want to grow the taste uh, our kids literally their taste buds yeah, tr- uh, to trained, these good you know. to these good foods. I also you and I have been talking about this more and more. I want them to be sensitive. So I am grateful now that my kids are they eat health we eat healthy enough overall that my older kids they're sensitive enough to know that if they go to that. You know, gathering or whatever, and stuff themselves with pizza and choose to stuff themselves with pizza and donuts, or whatever, that it's going to make them feel bad. And they'll talk about it later. And sometimes I've got them now to where they'll go, I just, it's not worth it, man. I just, it. I didn't eat that stuff. So he's still going to be cool. He's not going to, you know, go whip out some broccoli, but he's not going to totally indulge because he knows it's going to make him feel good. He's going to be gassy. I've had him do that. You know, then living room, they're farting up a storm. I'm sorry, man. I ate, you know, whatever with the, and the, they, the they get family shame. They get family <laughs> shame. I mean, yeah, but I love it that they're sensitive, and my well, my youngest is, is real prone to going. Yeah, I, they ate whatever, and I didn't, Dad, because it just makes me feel bad. Awesome. So, you know, the, the, we're talking about philosophy here and
1: talking about word choice. So, the word <coughs> "sensitive" it's a negative. word. It's a negative yeah. word unless we're talking about between you and your wife, right? You want to be sensitive to her. Wishes and thoughts and needs, and, and I do want to be sensitive there, and I want to train sensitivity to other people. But you don't yeah. want to be the wimp who well, can't handle. But take it to—I go, okay. I was going to say instead of sensitive,
0: say aware. Okay, I want to be aware that oh, yeah. snoring is. Oh, I want to hit back on sensitive because we do like that if we're watching formula whatever the a, cars a, a, a formula are formula or stop one. car right. racing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're sensitive, cars. dramatically sensitive to the driver, to the driver's feel of the car that yeah. show that just, we talked about it last week, uh, uh Ford versus Ferrari oh, yeah. uh-huh. where they're going and taping. Yeah. They feel the air. And- they, they're super uh, with the athletes. We expect them to be super sensitive. They're over there with their personal trainer on the bench. Well, I, I was told a story recently about one of the basketball coaches way back when who had his, uh, his main thing at, at some point was having his uh, athletes tie their shoes differently because he realized that one of the main things that was causing their decline all all players on all teams later in the game was foot sensitivity so I think this was back when they were probably wearing you know all stars and not converts. any any was looking at that and changed how they tie their shoes and it gave them more endurance as far as their foot health later in the game it was some story i read probably in some book that i've got and talk about sensitive so they're reveling in their sensitive they say heck yeah i'm sensitive i'm going to take care of myself because i'm a million dollar athlete or whatever that's right i want to be sensitive in that scenario in in that way yeah so i think that was born
1: to run uh, Was the, it? Uh, yeah, okay. and and where you we, we live in 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 Colorado, where Matthew, whatever his name is, who wins the Pikes Peak Marathon every year, Carpenter, well, uh, Matthew, I think, I and he, and he would shave millimeters off of his shoe because he could tell because this guy is so oh. attuned to his feet yeah. as he runs fifty miles. Um, Roger Federer, if you switch out his racket, do you think you would know? Oh, my God. What if yeah. I switch out your tennis racket? Are you going to know? Yeah.
0: No, if you change <laughs> anything on my mountain bike, I am so sensitive. You would be to sensitive. feels now, yeah. Me? Yeah. I, I wouldn't notice. If we change anything out on your old car, are you going to care? No. If <laughs> you, you remove the engine, I wouldn't know much different. Yeah. But if we go to a car guy and, and say. It's not capable. It's not capable of squat. Yeah. So that car now, I mean, I couldn't. It, what it could do, what it used to be able to do. I won't even drive it out of the out of our little town <laughs> at this point. I don't want to be that type, type of person. And so, so the, you bring that to the body. Yeah. And people just it's like, "Whoa. You're going to put that in your mouth? Don't you want your Well, you and I to see, and you and I as young guys. I mean, didn't you ever? I mean, I I had it at some point when I started being more uh, specific on my diet. uh, Of guys saying, "Seriously, dude, I can eat whatever and still (laughs) I got I'm proud of my iron cast stomach, and I can outperform. And I'll still. That's right. And now all those guys can't touch me today because they are now the creaky knees mm-hmm. and the uh, can't get out of the chair mm-hmm. and, 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 and
1: I would look at in, in sports in America. The one that is the quintessential example is football. Oh gosh. And those right? guys are the wrecked. linemen. Yeah. And by the time they're 35, they are wrecked mm-hmm. and they just have nearly no hope for a healthy elder years. Um, and, and even, you know they they have to put
0: on all these all these pounds to do what they do and it. Well, and, and there's uh, now, and, and that is true. It's interesting because I had a, a discussion. It was with Scott Stearman, our, our friend Scott Stearman, about that, and he says I he remembers back and he, and he's uh, he's a big dude. He's sixty five or something like that, so he's older than we are. And he said he remembers back when he was playing football. And they wouldn't let them drink. Cause they said, right. no, make you sluggish.
1: Right. We got to train you. Yeah. Make to... you, make you
0: weak, whatever. And, and now they've learned the difference. And now, of course, they're getting the best nutrition, hydration, everything on the side of the line so they can perform yes. at their best. You, you know, I, back. To, to to We're talking about our kids. If we are trying to give them, everybody thinks about, think about education. Yeah. If we take education, we are all hoping to give our kids the best education, to give them the best opportunity to go out there and succeed in the world. And we want them to go to Harvard so we can brag about it. Talk about selfish. You know, we want to say, yeah, my kid. I mean, I, I talk about it, kid, people uh, You know, who have older kids. I mean, they want to talk about, yeah, this kid's at Harvard. This kid's, you know, an astrophysicist. They want to tell about their, I want the same thing for my kids. It's uh, also educationally, but part of that is dictated physically. I want to give them the best chance to be the best that they can be by giving them the best health, starting with, you know, sleep and good relationships and vegetables and, and, and good fuel. Uh, that is my responsibility as a parent. That is. And and that's where you and I are going to look at that
1: philosophically and say, I, I told you a story yesterday it was yesterday sitting out there on the deck about my taking my son's friend home. Oh yeah. And I was just shooting the bowl with him and saying, So, where do you like to go eat? And and the you know, the story was that, you know, four or five nights a week they ate at McDonald's. Chicken nuggets, fries, and a drink. And I'm like, Well, you know, just trying to tease what vegetables do you eat? And he's like, and he couldn't think of any. And I, I'm like, Oh, parents. Okay, again that well, you said selfishly but i'm I'm thinking, okay, is this guy going to be my son 's friend forever that's going to be such a bad influence? This guy's less likely to be able to have a good be a good student to be uh, I was his soccer coach, and he's not a good athlete and you know on and on it goes, is he not a good athlete because of chicken mcNuggets and I would say well, that's at least part of it that's it
0: so well, now we're into the, the the increase in the behavioral issues. and How much of the, well, those? The brain. The brain.
1: Is, I mean, you were talking about education. Was saying, well, your
0: behavior
1: is brain related, yeah. and what you eat is what's feeding your brain, and. and who out there thinks that chicken McNuggets are really good for your brain? But
0: you've had test. I, I, but you've had testimonies of that Randy in, in in past years. I remember, man. I remember some kid or the parents testifying saying they you know they brought the kid in for intestinal issues or, or whatever. And so you do your thing and you get them living well. And the response was, gosh, not only is that you know bowel issue or whatever better, but we, his ADHD tendencies are gone. Right. A
1: high That's school a counselor and. And you know, our kids were going to school together and this was, you know, ten years ago and 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 they came in and we got things fixed and it was for this reason over here and and I saw him on the street the other day and they're like, Oh my gosh, life change. Just and and you and I talk about this a lot. What was that kid's trajectory over there and Mm. where is he now? And and now it's conjecture. We don't know, but he was not on the good pathway. Yeah. And there's story after story after story of you know, the two year, two, yeah, three or two or three or four, you know, toddler kid that I walk in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a sick, asthmatic, uh, you know, atopic dermatitis kid who's just a walking ball of inflammation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the mom looks at me like she's alarmed and she's like, oh no, this is our first appointment. She said, this is a good day. Yeah. We We're in the hospital once a month. And so we make the changes and, you know, six months later she's like, Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that mom is also, she's mad that no other doc has said something. So I've been dealing with this for years, and all I had to do was do this and that and the other. Sure, it was hard, but now, I mean, granted, the kid is still sort of sensitive with his skin and all that kind of stuff, but on a way different trajectory. And they're not patients anymore, which is great. That's what primary care ought to be. We graduate you from the need of needing a doctor. See you next year.
0: And and this is and this is dangerous. But to, you know, to take somebody who's had a kid who has this issue, who goes into a traditional doctor, that doctor sees them, prescribes a medicine, and and there they go on in that trajectory and doesn't take care of it. To the doctor's uh, uh, cr- not credit, but you know they were not to, taught anything I was different say, to take away they don't blame, blame
1: they're just doing the system
0: well and they don't know that they that's, do, they the, don't that's know. the reality that's right. I mean, you've they're talked not about that immoral the, the average doctor going through med school gets how much time spent in in like healthy Some, right it's a, a, it, a week a day it, it's, it's it's that's not the schools focus schools are different that's it's a fix program. It's how do I fix this, this thing? But you said something a minute ago that made me think, we've talked about this because we have some other you know, business ventures and how interesting, uh, not how, interesting, how wrong it is or how limiting it is to, to measure uh, or, or judge the average person by their credit score alone. If we take mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and judge them by their credit score, a lot of them have, have yeah. taken out a lot of money. And yet these are the most productive and contributing humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's unfair. But their credit score stinks. So, yep. But their credit score is the only measurement that we have. If we look at parenting, we tend to look at what does a kid do after they leave home? What school do they go to? What job do they get? That's the only measurement. And I'm thinking, I'm, what about their marriage or their relationships? What's the health of that? How about their joy? Are they peaceful kids? Are they fulfilled? I mean, that's what I'm looking at out of my kid, not Mm -hmm. just the one measurement and the stats on kids right now are most of them go out, can't handle squat and they come back home. Yeah. It's Uh, well in coronavirus,
1: the world is going to be different. You know, we're we're just, most of my kids are home now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All your kids are home. Eating Um, everything in the house, no
0: matter (laughs) what it
1: is. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, we've talked about coronavirus, how it puts a pressure on our system. And if the system, the medical system is built just to patch things up and go yeah. back. And literally that mom, you know, if a kid has atopic dermatitis or eczema and if they're just scratching their arms off, you get X, Y, Z, cream, steroid, whatever else. And you go back to the life that's causing it. Yeah. And and, and again, the most maladies are going to be in that category. Well, that is American medicine. That is American. That's American health American disease management care right so we want to switch that over and i would argue and i've said this very often the parents are the chief medical officers of their family of course they are i've never heard you say that. that's good that and you know it usually flows through mom she's the one who's doing kind of the initial feeding and do you think that food so here we go food is medicine Food is your first medicine. Food is information. If the information that you're feeding into the intracellular structure of this child, including his brain, his gut, his everything else, if it's noise, you, get, well, you will get noise back. And that noise will be translated into that kid's mouth or whatever as a symptom of what we call my skin is itchy, my tummy hurts, my poops are hard. Uh, my farts are stinky. All the all the things that we did on a show that said what you think is normal is not normal.
0: And the kids goes to bed. You wonder why they wake up exhausted. They wake up. They're
1: not sleeping. They're well, not sleeping. Yeah. They're mouth breathing. They're going to get braces. Right? So we are not immune to this. We have also experienced this um, because we don't have perfect kids. And we're not perfect parents. And we didn't know eats perfectly. So uh-huh. the rule isn't to be perfect. The rule is to be aware to make the next best, rightest choice possible in your family situation with socioeconomic pressure and COVID pressure and whatever pressures. But like, you know, like my mom would always say, I, I don't care how much money you make or don't make, you can be clean. You you don't have to look like a hayseed. You don't have to smell like one, right? You you can. In, the, in in our culture here, you can clean your room. You, you can There's clean your room. You st- can make your bed. Stewardship. You you, yeah. you can you will steward whatever you have, including your brain, your cells, your joints, and the outcome of that is going to be the outcome.
0: I uh, the the uh, you mentioned mouth breathing. Of course, I I mouth breathe. Uh, and but my thought was, I do, and I would put myself at a high level of health and wellness. How much better would it be if I didn't mouth breathe? That well, could be better.
1: We we. We put that stuff on your skin,
0: and that got better. Yeah, I had a, a like a fungal kind of thing. I was getting these dry spots, and um, is the yeah. mouth breathing still the same? Uh, it is. It, it always, I've always had that problem. But my point was, you know, for people to hear these things out there and go, "Gosh, well, you know, I do that," And especially if you think that I'm do, I do that and I'm doing well could you be well or that th- well. is, yeah, is that's the tough. point which why you don't use the word well you know because nobody can Nobody's, be well we can yeah. all be well i could be well, well and the other thing that people say is oh yeah i've always done that
1: uh, well that, that's just yeah. me and so i'll roll my eyeballs at them and say no in so fact your infants are obligate nasal breathers they do not breathe through their mouth and if they,
0: if do, they do i was gonna and say they,
1: then the doctor will be called in because they're not gonna be breathing right yeah and then we're gonna you know put something in their nose. And, but we do and have develop. little
0: kids that are mouth breathing already because they're mucousy and they can't they're breathe through their mucousy. nose. I think that was my life. They, they didn't breastfeed enough.
1: They didn't push their palates out. Yeah. So they just the, the space that air has to go through. And, and culturally, we like, quote unquote, high cheekbones, thin face, right? We Culturally, it, it meaning... Uh, models and things like that tend to be. Which is not what the old Neanderthal looking dude looked like. That's right. If you look jaw. historically, it was more squared and bigger and that kind of thing. So, and and even, you know, the, the that dental mystery has been solved. I think the
0: data there is pretty clear. And, and, and you know, so as folks are hearing this, and I'll, I'll try to put this in the intro, I mean, we're all going to hear things and realize, oh my gosh, where have I gone wrong? And I have gone wrong. And here's where my kids are. Uh, we're all there to some degree, and we are um, fortunate that we had some knowledge, awareness, back to your word, of some of these things, and we were able to start with our kids at a young age. I hope we've commiserated somewhat that there's still struggles that we have and that we're de- still dealing with. But as folks hear this, that's the ch- what you just said right there. That's the chance is what l- it, little changes can we do to help our kids be weller. And the ripple effect of that in their lives is dramatic, even if it is just your kind and considerate helping expose them to this, that they can make a decision later on. Because they are going to come to an age of uh, – what, what Awareness. That? Well, yeah, but what's that? Accountability. Like, yeah, yeah. Age of accountability of being out on their own. And they're going to go to the store and choose. And if you've given them some awareness, even if they've mm-hmm. not ex- exerted that willpower or had the desire at some point or, or, or previously – they can down here, so to, yeah. If we can, if nothing else, to try to expose them. And to I, a I, way.
1: I, I would say it's the ongoing. So they're, you know, that's why we use the word weller or weller ring, because every day you're going in one direction or the other. So it's it's the path, the journey, the trajectory. It's not about a destination. And and I hate that in American medicine or even in the wellness industry, you can look and feel great. Well, once you look and feel great, could you feel greater Mm -hmm. or less great the next day? It's it's nonsense to say, you're going to feel amazing. Come pay me a lot of money and I'm going to help you to feel amazing and you're going to lose weight and whatever. It's like, no, I'm not. You're going to choose a pathway. I'm going to help you and you're going to get to a place and then you're going to go on from there. And then one day, you die. Yeah.
0: That's interesting you say that because every day that we're going on is almost like a hit against us because we got, you know, we're got exposed. Well, it's time. It's You're not time to live forever. Time, time is <laughs> So every day, my body is getting – so I'm trying to be well and weller, but my body is getting older. There is the environment. It's running just like the car. Uh, we, I want to be that 100,000-mile car who's still doing great. It's not going to be the same as a showroom floor day. But, you're right, and we don't expect it to be, yeah, and
1: it's not going to go as fast as it did, but we don't expect it to be in mothballs yeah and and doing nothing and there's there's the there's the spectrum of the car's not dead, but is it in a nursing home, or is it out there driving on the highway, not quite eighty miles an hour so efficiently, but I'm still going fifty, and I like it mm-hmm. I don't want to go fifty one I'm enjoying my wife, she's going fifty, and we're just you know,
0: we're enjoying Gosh, this. Yeah, it's just we need to end this. I keep trying, <laughs> but uh, I, that that uh, you know, I, I think about the guy, the older guy in in ill health who has the truck, and he's so proud that it has three hundred thousand miles. Yeah. He has taken care he's, of that yeah. perfectly. He changes the spark plugs. Right. He changes the oil all and, along the way. He, does, he wellered his car. He wellered his car while he <laughs> ate himself and lived himself into disrepair. His going to outlast
1: him. Yeah, yeah, and he can barely get out there to enjoy. Why his car? don't
0: we? Put the emphasis on ourselves. Well there you go. Let's help our let's help our kids. (laughs) Well friends, I do want to stress the aspect of we're planting seeds with our kids. Respectfully educating them and healthy eating and doing what we can do to get them eating now fresh whole foods. It can pay off in the future. It will pay off in the future generally. Even if you don't feel like you're having a lot of success today. I've got kids in the house that we're struggling to get them to eat well, but I've got kids out of the house who are, some of them eat cleaner than I do and incredibly cons- inconsistent or they're consistent with their exercise. Uh, so just know that there is value in everything you do that it is planting seeds. Any awareness you can give them uh, may come to fruition later. Hey, thank you as always for choosing to tune into this self-helpful podcast. Again, if you got value, it'd be great if you left a review and the best thing you do is just talk about what you heard here with someone else. That's what will help you digest it more, understand it more, embrace it more and engage with it more. And it'll help whoever you talk with. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.